The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Prepare yourself to ingest current... This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi there, hello there, folks. Uh, Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. We are live today, and I am... uh, Hold on, just uh, making sure we share what's going on here on Facebook Live. With the folks on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. I'm glad you've tuned in, everybody, for Friday. Good Friday. Hope you are surrounded by tons of family and friends as we come into uh, one of the, well, it is the holiest weekend in the Christian calendar. We'll get more into that throughout the course of the program today. Telephone number you want to reach out and say hi. And hello, Facebook Livers, by the way. 888 That's how you dial up. And if you have any uh, Easter wishes to put out there and your reflections, I'll, I'll be happy to take those. We don't shy away from religion here on the Chris Salcedo Show. So make sure that uh, you dial up if you want to also tune in and hear the antidote to the basket of bias, the Brian Williams Press. Catching the show live, easy to do if you're at theblaze.com slash radio or it happened today on Facebook Live, which is a day late, I might say, because we were off yesterday on our normal day doing this on Thursday. Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. That's the way you get on-demand listening here for the program. And you can listen uh, also to all the programming anytime at theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeart Radio app. See, I get everything. Oh, no, social media. I mentioned the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. All you have to do to find us there is type in the Chris Salcedo Show. You can find us and make sure you, you like that page. Most of you are already watching on the Blaze Facebook page. Also want to get you hip to our Twitter handle at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas. One more stop I want you to pay attention to the Blaze.com channels section. Blaze.com channels. Make sure you find the Chris Salcedo show and follow there. We uh, we have a segment we start off the program usually, folks, called the, the flip around. But there's something else that is taking our mind off. And we'll, we'll get to the flip around. But I, I had to start here because something epic has happened today on Good Friday. Breathe. 
Luke Skywalker. Reach out. That's how it begins, ladies and gentlemen. The new teaser trailer, the first teaser trailer official being released for Star Wars 8, The Last Jedi. That is dropping today. If you haven't seen it or it doesn't necessarily translate well on radio, and I wish I could show you folks on Facebook Live. It looks really cool. Uh, and there's a there's a little stinger at the end. I'm not going to spoil it for you for all of you who have not made your way to a computer yet and actually seen that. So, yeah, that's happening today. Uh, all you Star Wars fans, of which I am one uh, you have been waiting for this. Uh, after after Rogue One, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of pressure on the creators of Star Wars 8 because I, I was just having a conversation with a pal of mine today about Rogue One who has not seen Rogue One yet. And I said, oh man, come over to the house. I, I've got the, uh, I got the DVD player ready and raring to go. I'll, I'll, you just come over to the place and we'll watch it because I, I, nobody else in the family wants to watch it with me. It's like my, my eighth time. I had to tell folks, this was the Star Wars movie we've been waiting for since the original three. And this was it. Probably, probably one of the best, if not the best, Rogue One. And it was, it was a Star Wars story. It wasn't even part of the, the basic nine. If you, for all of you Star Wars fans and all you other folks who are tuning in for politics, just, just bear with me geeking out. It's Good Friday, a little, little bit of light. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get into before we do the flip around, folks. Now, do you guys know the animated feature Madagascar? Ellie, do you know the, the animated feature Madagascar? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Madagascar, do you remember King Julian? Do you remember who he was, the, the, the flamboyant... Oh, King yeah. King Julian. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, let me remind the folks, this is King Julian. They are just a bunch of pansies. All hail the New York Giants. New York Giants! That's King Julian. Now, we all thought it was Sasha Baron Cohen, right? Voicing that, voicing King Julian. We have found out who the real voice actor was. The real voice actor behind King Julian. Here he is. In the United States... He's hand in glove with the terrorists. They fabricated the whole story. We don't know whether those dead children were the kids in Han Shihun. Were they dead at all? That's uh, the Syrian dictator, the butcher, Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> Can you, okay, wait a minute. Let, let just, let's hear them side by side. In the United States, he's hand in glove with the terrorists. They fabricated the whole story. We don't know whether those dead children were the kids in Han Shihun? Were they dead at all? They are just a bunch of pansies. All hail the New York Giants! The vast resources we have here at the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze and the Blaze in general, we were able to investigate and we found out <laughs> that Bashar al-Assad was indeed the voice of King Julian, the rather flamboyant. What was he? A squirrel or or, or something like that? <laughs> I know a lemur. He was a lemur, wasn't he? He was a lemur. He was a lemur. <laughs> a lame lemur. The lame lemur 
was uh, Bashar al-Assad. Uh, the, the Syrian dictator you heard was uh, the, the line of BS he was feeding to some Western journalist saying that the, the kids who were frothing at the mouth and dying at the hands of his gas attack, oh, they were, they were just actors. Didn't, didn't you know? They were just child actors. They weren't, they weren't really dead. And Bashar al-Assad wasn't asked to, well, what about the barrel bombing that came to the hospital where they, where they were play-acting, you know, foaming at the mouth, play-acting? What about the actual bombs that destroyed the hospital that they were play-acting in? What about those? <laughs> Can you believe these people? You know what? And I actually have listeners of the Chris Nelsado show. And I understand where this comes from. I get where this comes from. Folks, the last eight years, you've had nothing but lies coming out of the uh, Oval Office and the administration that was in office. Nothing, you've been treated and nothing but a government that has lied to you. Hey, poll after poll after poll shows that trust in our institutions, our government-run institutions, all-time low. And the reason why that is, is because of Barack Obama and his left-wing extremism, and he thought it was his job to lie to us. I, you know, I talked about this yesterday. I was, I was driving home from, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday. That's why I wasn't able to be here. I was driving home, and somebody from New York calls me, and it was this outfit called I-24 News. You guys heard about this? I-24 News, uh, David Schuster is one of the guys on this. It's, a, it's based in, in Tel Aviv. And uh, I was able to make my afternoon show on the on KSEV. So they actually, we actually did a simulcast, little debate. I was on with a with a Democrat, and that was one of the. This is one of the points that I wanted to put to put out there is that I understand why there's so much distrust in this government because for the last eight years we've been lied to by our own government. As a matter of course. The Democrats default those just just lie to the American people. They wouldn't understand. They don't deserve the truth. And that's what Barack Obama did. I brought up the point that it was Barack Obama who lied to us and said, hey, all those chemical weapons are out of Syria. <laughs> right, right. So anyway, okay, let, I've got uh, a brief amount of time to do a little bit of a flip around here, folks. And we haven't started with Fox News uh, lately. I, actually, Ellie, I don't even think we've ever had a start with Fox News. Let's see what they're talking about. In Afghanistan, he has testified to this fact. He says that Russia has become more assertive over the past year in Afghanistan, overtly lending legitimacy to the Taliban, as he said, and undermining U.S. and allied forces by claiming that the Taliban is in fact fighting ISIS. The military also says that Iran is supporting the Taliban. The U.S. government ousted the Taliban back in 2001. The U.S. has backed the government in Kabul. There has been back and forth fighting ongoing for the last 16 some odd years. This is the development. Uh, there was testimony apparently today on the ca- on Capitol Hill about the extent to which the Russians are behaving badly. And this was another. This this was a another extension of our conversation yesterday of how you know Donald Trump got in. He said throughout the entire campaign, wouldn't it be great to get along with Russia? Yeah, it would be great. But of course, when when Trump got in and found out how much Russia was stabbing us in the back and working to the detriment of the United States, actively trying to harm the United States, then Trump said to hell with that. So he changed his calculation. Now, what's even more worrisome to me is that Barack Obama had all this information about how uh, Russia was trying to stab us in the back and undermine us and harm us. And Barack Obama did nothing, absolutely nothing. 
Uh, who was it? It was Pompeo that came out yesterday. CIA Director Mike Pompeo said this. It's time to call out WikiLeaks for what it really is. A non-state hostile intelligence service often abetted by state actors like Russia. Yeah. Uh, this, this administration is supposed to be in Russia's back pocket, right? Doing everything it can to call out Russia now that they have all the information. Let's go over to CNN and see what they're up to. I'm curious, who do you think is advising him and what's going on with this guy? I have no idea who's advising him and I think he's trying to save his legal position so that he can avoid any kind of prosecution. Uh, and I don't pretend to know what his exact situation is. They're talking about Carter Page. CNN is, is on Carter Page and they're trying to keep this narrative of Trump-Russia collusion alive. And they're doing it amidst an avalanche of contradictory evidence. Oh, I don't know, like the United States bombing Russia's interests. <laughs> and a chief among them. Among avalanches that uh, the previous administration, by the way, CNN was asleep, didn't put a check on the previous administration. The previous administration was most likely inappropriately spying on American citizens for politics. CNN is desperately trying to stay off of what they, they call that fake news because, well, I, I guess resident Obama was as pure as the wind driven snow and CNN will have none of that examination of what leftists did when they were in office. Uh, Fox Business is talking about this. Degree murder charges against the former New England Pats tight end for the past week. He was accused of fatally shooting two men in 2012 after meeting them at a Boston nightclub. But... Aaron Hernandez, folks, you guys remember him? A tight end for the New England Patriots, acquitted of double murder. Acquitted. Of, they, my understanding that the, the evidence in this thing was solid. And he's going to walk. He's going to walk. Uh, we may talk more about this. I'm up against the clock. Uh, folks, if you want to dial in today about, well, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about Obamacare today. We're going to talk about the ever-evolving position of, of Donald Trump. Is, it, is he evolving because he has no principles? Is this, guy, is this Democrat who tell me yesterday? Or is he evolving because he's got new information that he wasn't privy to before when he was on the campaign trail? We'll talk about all this coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Hope you can join me. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I, there are there are stories after story. At, there are stories out there that are just this one theme: Trump is abandoning his people. Trump is abandoning his commitments. He's abandoning his word. Blah 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 blah. I don't buy it. 
I don't know the vast majority of of individuals who are Trump supporters are buying. And I've heard from some, but it's a complete misunderstanding about what I believe he's doing. Uh, not non-interventionalism is still what he's about. I don't see us getting involved in any war. I see the basket of biased press. What's your broader? What's your broader strategy in Afghanistan? Well, I, uh, I don't have one other than what what I inherited. You know, Taliban, what have you? We'll work with our Afghan partners. That's already there. What's your broader strategy in Syria to get rid of Assad? Who said I'm getting rid of Assad? I'm dropping bombs on Assad because he used chemical weapons. It's nearly a century-old prohibition on mankind using those weapons. If, if a dictator wants to use them again, he'll get spanked again. It's no more than that. Well, what are you going to do about the mass exodus out of Syria? There's not much we can do. There's not much we can do now. It's baked in. Now, we've told you this. What Trump can do is to get together that coalition of troops over from Saudi Arabia and from Egypt and from um, Jordan. Say, hey, put your, put your boots on the ground. We'll give, you, we'll give you airspace and you provide cover. And you, got, you guys in the region oust Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. Now, Russia's not going to like it. Don't care. Russia wants to try to to invade the airspace, they're more than welcome to try. Um, so, at any rate, we can be the air power, we can be logistics, we can't be the face of this thing. I think after so many years, what, 17 years of war over in the Middle East, we have learned a couple of things, and we can't be the face of this. That region has to take control. Granted, those who value uh, relationships with the United States should be the ones, in my opinion, who are making the calls and committing the troops. But the United States can't be the face of, of it over there. We can support, but we can't be the impetus. So I don't view what, uh, what Trump did by dropping cruise missiles on Syria or dropping the Moab on ISIS I mean, seriously, look, think about this. We have a continuing war with ISIS because, you know, we had to clean up Barack Obama's mess. ISIS is of the United States creation, President Obama's creation. We got to clean that up. ISIS didn't exist before Barack Obama. Obama created it by creating the power vacuum when he irresponsibly pulled out of Iraq. So uh, for all of you folks out there who's saying, well, I elected Trump so that we would not fight anywhere. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's, that's, that's not what he said. America's going to stand out for, for, up for its best interests. And you know what, folks? Sitting there and saying that new, uh, chemical weapons shall not be used is in America's best interests. Now, what's going on over in North Korea? Here's a cat that is developing missile technology. Some already theorize he's He's just about there to strike the, the West Coast of the United States. That is a direct threat to the national security of the United States. A nuclear bomb on L.A.'s doorstep or on San Francisco's doorstep or on uh, Seattle's doorstep. Come on. 
Well, we shouldn't do anything. What? Until the mushroom cloud is on American soil? Is that what you mean? <laughs> we were not interventionist. Okay, yeah, I, I'm not. Look, providing a deterrent to Kim Jong-un, the guy that John McCain called a crazy fat kid, I think that's a good thing for our own national security. And if we can strike a bargain with the communist Chinese to get them to rein in the nutball, more power to them. And then, you know, we can pressure the Chinese to get rid of their military installation in the Woody Islands. You know, if I were Trump, I would have sailed that carrier group right next to the Woody Islands. <laughs> it's international waters. They're, they're illegal. What China, China put up there is, is an illegal installation. It's illegal. They have to be made to understand that they don't, they don't run the, free, the, the open seas. Open to everybody. Anyway, I'm, it's, it's about time we return to some sort of normalcy after the perversion, after the idiocy, after the timidity of the last eight years of President Obama. All right, back in a minute, folks. I got more on The Chris Salcedo Show. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. A couple of, you know, Fridays typically are our desk clearing days, and we want to get to a lot of stories that we didn't get a chance to, to get to in the in the uh, middle of the week. And and we are, we're a day short because we had to take yesterday off. So there is a story out there. Remember, the, the Salcedo Show axiom says, it is best not to give government more power lest it be abused. And man alive, after you hear this story, you're going to be just ticked off, and it, it, it is emblematic of that Salcedo Show axiom. The Environmental Protection Agency employees, they build the U.S. taxpayer roughly 15 grand for gym memberships, while numerous employees are upset over looming budget cuts. An agency library in Las Vegas, Nevada, bought 37 employees, one-year memberships to the gym, 24-hour fitness, according to a receipt obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. The employees work at the U.S. Environmental Science Division located at 944 East Hammond Avenue in Las Vegas. The address is home to the EPA's National Exposure Research Laboratory and a library on the University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus, which EPA scientists, postdoctorate researchers, and contractors use for research. The receipt for fitness memberships for EPA employees totaled $15,000 was, uh, was created April of 2016. Now, how many of you thought your taxpayer money was going to pay for federal employees to get gym memberships? This is just, this is just one example. Now, there is, a, there is a mechanism that is built into budgeting, which is Automatic, automatic inflationary increases. I think it's 3% built in. So the cost of government automatically goes up. 
budgets automatically increase by 3%, they say to cover inflation or what have you. At the end of fiscal years, you hear about this phenomenon of those inside of the federal government who have not spent all of their allocated taxpayer money. What do they do? Ellie, do you know the answer? Do you, do you know what they do? Let, let's say it's, it's the end of the year, you're the EPA. You got a million bucks left over that you didn't spend, taxpayers' money. Now, what would be the responsible common sense thing to do with that million bucks? Put it towards the national debt? Yeah, or give it back, right? Give it back yeah. to the taxpayers to be used maybe for next year, right? Like a no. double tax return. Well, yeah, right. That, that's not what they do. You know what they do? They spend it. They, they find anything and everything they can do to spend. It's why you see uh, the VA spending money on artwork to decorate their offices. It's this last end of the year push to make sure they spend every single penny of, uh, that's allocated to them. You know why? Because if they can demonstrate that they don't need as much in their fiscal in their fiscal budgeting, then they may get a cutback next year. And they don't want to cut back. We don't want to cut back. We want to grow government. See how perverted that is? Now there's a way around that called zero line budgeting. Basically, every single year, every agency must go to Congress and say and justify their existence, justify their expenses, justify their budget. But the reason why that doesn't happen is because, well, this government is too damn big. It can't be administered by those who we elect. You know, because they, they're busy working eight days out of the month. And, you know, who heard of making our elected leaders work 30 days out of the month? You know, they don't, hey, look, Ellie, they only make $174,000 a year. Right? How much work can they, only $174,000 a year. How much work can they be expected to do? And my point is, if you can't, if you can't administer the government responsibly, that is a sure sign that your government is too big and spends too much of the taxpayer's money. And it needs to get smaller. If you can't manage it, well, we'll just give an automatic increase. No, to hell with that. To hell with that. That's not your money. What do you mean you're going to give them an automatic increase? No, every single year, every single government agency ought to justify its existence to a, to a certain body of Congress. And if Congress doesn't have the time, well, too damn bad, then guess what? Your agency must not be that damned important to the, to the national interest. Because see what happens, folks, if you go down that road and that predicate, then all of a sudden... Well, the important things get first attention, right? National defense. Uh, certain other agencies that we can all agree on. Basic infrastructure that we can all agree on the country needs. All the other tangential stuff, you start looking for ways to delegate that authority. Oh, I don't know. Back to the states where it belongs. So that's just an example of... Uh, of idiocy in government that I thought you ought to know. Speaking of idiocy in government, I am looking at the mug of Lois Lerner. 
Now, Lois Lerner, you guys all know, remember her. She was the one who uh, utilized the Internal Revenue Service as her own personal vengeance vehicle against conservatives. I'm looking at the picture, and this, this woman, and she's always struck me, the arrogance. She's a, she's a dedicated liberal. The arrogance of this woman. It's like a broomstick has just been... Whoop, and she, she wasn't going to answer these people's questions. She wasn't going to answer. She had the blessing of Barack Obama. She was going to target his political opposition because she hates them. Because she despises us. I've never forgiven Barack Obama or his administration for their weaponizing of the Internal Revenue Service, nor do I think you should. So uh, the, the Republican Party wants the President of the United States to reopen a criminal probe into ex-IRS executive Lois Lerner. And I am for this. And I, and I have to give a hat tip to Congress as, as uh, uh, shall we say, not dedicated to doing <laughs> the people's work as I believe they should be, you know, uh, working eight days in a month. I just, just my opinion. But uh, I do have to applaud them on this. Two top Republicans asked the Justice Department on Wednesday. That's Jeff Sessions' Justice Department. To take a look anew at the evidence against IRS senior executive Lois Lerner. Now, see, this is what happens when you get folks who are dedicated to the rule of law. And the Republicans, of course, they weren't going to get justice with Eric Holder or Loretta Lynch or Barack Obama in office. They weren't going to get justice at all. Because liberals love to take government and use it as a weapon against their political adversaries, which is completely improper and completely illegal. But they love doing it. Uh, Washington Times continues. Uh, Miss Lerner was cleared after an investigation by the Obama administration, <laughs> which was to say there was no investigation at all. Kevin Brady and Peter Roskam, respectively, the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee and the panel's tax policy subcommittee, say there are plenty of questions with uh, how the probe was run and said that a new look by the Trump administration's Justice Department is warranted. Taxpayers deserve to know the DOJ's previous evaluation was not tainted by politics, the congressman said in a letter to the Attorney General Jeff Sessions. But William H. Taylor, Ms. Lerner's lawyer, said she, pro she was properly cleared of charges by the previous probe. Well, you know what? If the Attorney General of the United States disagrees, who cares what you say? Who cares what you say, Mr. Taylor? You know what? There are, there are a lot of Americans out there who were targeted by this woman who weren't treated fairly by this woman, who were victims of this woman, and she's never been brought to justice. And I think it's time. It is about dang time. All right, coming up uh, next hour, we'll talk to, we'll talk Obamacare. We got to get that in. And I want to I, I boil down some of the evaluations of what Trump has been up to as far as, um, as, far as his foreign policy moves, Syria, China, North Korea, and the like. That's all coming up. The Chris Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. Be right back. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show only on The Blaze Radio Network.
You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up next hour, we'll talk about Obamacare and the Republicans' efforts, such as they are, <laughs> uh, to, to repeal it. And what should it look like? What should be in there? And more importantly, what should not be in there? Do you guys know the name of Jennifer Palmieri? Jennifer Palmieri was the former spokesperson for Hillary Rodden Clinton. And this was a Blaze story. When was this? Two days ago? Yeah, two days ago, day and a half ago. Jennifer Palmieri was uh, in, some, I can't even remember where she was, some sort of, um, well, let me, I'm trying to get the uh, page here to reload, but it's not reloading fast enough here on my particular browser. So at any rate, I can tell you that she was quoted as saying some rather inexplicable things. And one of those things was about the press. She observed and admitted that the press was indeed liberal and dominated by those of the Democrat persuasion, which is something I think we had a guest on two weeks ago who basically said some of the new polling was 93% of the basket of biased press voted for Hillary Rodden Clinton. And this idea that you could sit there and donate and, and vote for a candidate and then show up to work and be completely 100% unbiased is, is foolish. At least this current crop of so-called journalists have been un, un, unable to do that. So Jennifer Palmieri, who worked as a former Democrat presidential candidate, Hillary Clinton's communications officer during the 2016 campaign, admitted Wednesday that the journalists lean left, but added that the bias means they are actually harder on Democrats. Now, I'm not sure what she's smoking. Maybe she's, maybe she's from Colorado. I don't know. She was at the museum, the museum in Washington, D.C., at an event titled The President and the Press, The First Amendment is the first, in the First 100 Days. Palmieri said that, she, uh, that the media covers infighting in presidential administrations in order to avoid covering issues, which she said leads to reporters revealing their biases, which is, again, complete and utter garbage. Uh, we're, we're being treated, I, I refuse to talk about what's going on between Kushner and Bannon and all of this stuff, because you know why? Because we, we were not treated to any of the infighting in the Obama administration. You knew it was there. But the press does this, focuses on divisions, sows divisions, highlights divisions in Republican administrations only. Democrats might as well not even been going on. So not only is she smoking something the Democrats want to uh, the Democrats <laughs> like to do, I guess, uh, but sh her entire premises are off. Oh, yes. The reason why the press covers uh, interior fighting. What, what, when was when was that done in the Obama administration? I don't remember. Palmieri said uh, that she thinks most journalists are probably leaning more to the left than to the right. Think about the kind of person that draws, that's drawn to do this career, Palmieri said. They believe in government. They think politics matters. They like it. They find it interesting. They who doesn't believe in government? We just don't believe that government ought to be running our lives, Miss Palmieri. We, there is a role for government in our society. It was articulated 
by the U.S. Constitution. Not to mention the limits on government were articulated in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, a matter that, yes, your friends inside of the basket of biased press, they neglect to report on. Because they are left-wingers, they think like you, Jen Palmieri. They think that the Constitution was meant to be chains on we, the people, not chains on government. And nothing could be further from the truth. The Constitution, and I've said this before, was made for cats like Barack Obama, for women like Hillary Clinton, to make sure they didn't use their positions of authority and power to harm we, the people. And... uh I'm sorry. She's completely bonkers if she thinks that having the press dominated by left-wingers means they're harder on Democrats. That's just patently absurd on its face. Coming up uh, next hour, folks, we'll talk about uh, sanctuary cities. And there are efforts all over the country now that there is a law and order administration to crack down on sanctuary cities. And the U.S. Border Patrol is starting to speak out as some Republicans are waffling on funding for Trump's border wall. Uh, as we go to break, I, I want to make one more mention. We mentioned only briefly the Moab, the mother of all bombs. You guys know this thing is 30 feet long? Well, Christian uh, Datok of the Daily Caller was saying, here's where a lot of the pundits are wrong. You know, they've been saying that the Moab is the most expensive bomb of this past year that was ever dropped. He begs to differ. Shortly after President Trump's Thursday airstrike in Afghanistan, critics from both sides of the aisle began lamenting the enormous cost of the massive ordnance air blast bomb, affectionately known as the mother of all bombs. Initial figures priced the cost of the entire Moab program at $316 bucks. Well, he says the biggest bomb to drop in the last year was not the Moab. It was actually Hillary Clinton's campaign. <laughs> the the price tag 1.2 billion dollars yeah i think that wins biggest bomb right 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 there this is the chris salcedo show on the blaze radio network prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two of the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in, everybody, here to the program. Uh, Ellie, you remember we uh, we put together a... Uh, this week was dominated, I, I think it's fair to say, with foreign policy and United Airlines. I think I think it was it was all Trump and United Airlines dominating this entire week. And United Airlines finally got it right. But then the lawsuit hit. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday. But what do you think, Ellie? How much will how much will you and maybe you guys on Twitter too at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. How much do you think that United's going to cough up? Because this is not going to trial. There's no, new. No, not after this whole PR debacle. This ain't going to trial. They're going to settle. It's just, now it's how much? Um, 
Give me a give me a ballpark, Ellie, with all of your years of experience in, in the legal profession. Um, um, I would say about two hundred thousand dollars. Two. <laughs> I have no idea. Two hundred thousand dollars. That's going to be a little low. I uh, was talking with a a friend of mine. I said, you know, I this isn't going to trial, and uh, I think they get in, and and this this doctor says, oh, I want twenty million. They get in there. We'll, we'll give you. We'll give you 10. They'll say, how about 15? Done. 15 million bucks. To which I, then, then later I got, I heard from another friend saying, you're high. This, this is going to be, this is going to be a hundred million dollar lawsuit. You know why? Because the dude's two teeth were busted out. Did you hear that? He Two teeth Whoa. busted out. Yeah. He had a concussion. And the pictures of him being, Dragged out. And by the way, somebody was very, very clever. <laughs> um, superimposed Hillary Clinton's face over, <laughs> over this doctor's face being drug out. And they called it 2016 election. <laughs> Hillary Clinton being drug out. And it was Trump and, and, and Mike Pence dragging her out. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Anyway, so he was saying 100 million. And maybe they settled for somewhere, you know, 50, 75, but I was like, wow, can you forget? Oh, broken nose too, by the way, Ellie. Broken nose, two busted teeth, and bloodied face. Humiliation. I saw the video. They like, I thought they like knocked him out, like punched him out, but somebody said yeah. that he, they, his face hit one of the armrests. And you know how like, how hard those are in, on airplanes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, regardless of, you know, it, it was all a result of what he was doing. You know, uh, now, nobody for one second, thinks this guy was right in resisting. He should have gotten off, but uh, gotten off the plane when he was asked. But I think what this did was illustrate not just United, because they're, they're the poster child right now, but every other airline. ABC News put out a statistic. Do you know how many people just last year were bumped off the planes so the planes could be used as taxi services for airline employees? 40,000 people. 40,000. Now, compared to how many flights there are per day and per, or per year, that's a, a rather small, that's a fraction of the flights. But still, the message is clear. If you absolutely, positively have to be someplace, don't rely on an airline because you could get bumped uh, so, so they can transport their employees. Now, we had a little fun with this. We, um, we came up with a suggestion for United's competitors to uh, capitalize, if you will, <laughs> on their on their bad fortune. And uh, we came up with this. United CEO Oscar Munoz. All good relationships are built on trust. We know that, and we know that we have to earn yours every day on every flight. Want to get away? A law enforcement official will never come on one of your planes again. To remove a booked, paid seating pass seating passenger, we can't do that. Want to get away? Now you can with Southwest Ferris as low as $59 one way. Yes to low Ferris with nothing to hide. That's transparency. <laughs> Southwest could do very well by featuring the United CEO wanting to get away. You also, you know who else wanted to get away this week? 
Sean Spicer. We didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. Someone as despicable as Hitler didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. Want to get away? <laughs> he was not using the gas on his own people the same way that Ashad is doing. I mean, there was not in the, in the, he brought him into the, to, um. Still want to get away? Um, at this time, there's no intelligence. That's, that's, um, no, that's, 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 that's blood come from their face. That's, 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 <laughs> How about that's, now? No, that's, Want to get away? Thanks to the uh, WBAP players for putting that one together for us. And look, on that note on Sean Spicer, and we haven't spent too much time on this this week, but he, he was a man about it. He owned it. I made a mistake. Uh, there's no other way, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I got into a topic that I shouldn't have, and, uh, and I screwed up. I mean, you, uh, you know, and I hope people understand that, that we all make mistakes. So there's two takeaways. One is uh, it's a very holy week um, for both the Jewish people and the Christian people, and this is not to, to make a gaffe and a mistake uh, like this is inexcusable and reprehensible. And then secondly, you know, just from a professional standpoint, um, it's obviously disappointing. Your job as the spokesperson is to help amplify um, the president's actions and uh, accomplishments. And I think he's had an unbelievable, successful couple weeks. And when you're distracting from that message of accomplishment, uh, and that's your job is to be the exact opposite. On a professional level, it's disappointing because I think I, I've, I've let the president down. Wow. Uh, that was Sean Spicer with Greta over on MSNBS. So he owned it. Uh, which is something you don't see a lot from politicians, and particularly on the other side of the aisle, but politicians in general. He owned it. It's my fault. I screwed up. Going to move on. Uh, and, well, good for Sean Spicer for at least not behaving like the United CEO. <laughs> Just say, took him, what, four or five days to get it right. All right, up next, we're going to talk about Obamacare, folks, and then we're going to get into the border. So what does the Obamacare repeal replace bill have to have at, in it if they ever get around to it and then coming up what about sanctuary cities are being targeted all over the country as they rightly should be and some common sense legislators are saying you know what if you are a, an elected official and you're actively thwarting immigration law you ought to be put in jail can you guys imagine democrats being perp walked thrown in jail i love that idea and we're hearing from the border patrol what do they think about Paul Ryan delaying border funding possibly for next year. This is a trial balloon that went over like a, a lead balloon, if you ask me. Back in a minute, it's the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino, so naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. All right, coming up, we'll talk about the, the borders and illegal immigration. But first, something that affects all of you on hold and all of you in the sound of my voice is this repeal effort, such as it is, <laughs> by the Republicans to get rid of Obamacare and how this ought to go. We're, we are hearing there is movement, but uh, those of us who are skeptical and, and have 
lambasted the Republican Party for not having this ready to go. Uh, many of us have asked, what have you been doing the last five or six years? Let's talk about this and some ways forward with Dr. Kristen Held. She's a board-certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. She is a Phi Beta Kappa graduate from the University of Texas at Austin and received her medical degree from the University of Texas Medical School at San Antonio. On October 1st of 2015, folks, her practice became completely third-party free, meaning she said, you know what? The traitorous insurance companies, you're no longer welcome in my practice. She deals between her and her patients. Dr. Held, it's great talking to you again. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. This is so important. We cannot let a mistake happen here. They made the promise to repeal, and they've got to stand by it, and that's not what we've seen so far. Well, I, I concur, and you wrote an op-ed here uh, uh, dovetailing off of the, the, the slogan, Make America Great Again. You are saying, make insurance affordable again, and you go down a couple of, uh, of, of areas you think should be the point of focus. You say, we must address the entrenched flaws that keep these costs going up. What do you, what do you mean? Absolutely. They haven't changed one thing about the perverse system where all of these third-party parasites and intermediaries are siphoning off money from, uh, from the system. You know, we're spending $3 trillion a year. If we would address the underlying problem, maybe we'd only need to spend $1.5 trillion a year. But we're, we're, what we're doing is we're, we're finding just a different way to keep the old clunker running and um, that's not going to work. What we need is absolute innovation, paradigm shift, new models. For example, what I'm doing in my practice with direct patient care, what uh, Dr. Keith Smith is doing at Surgery of Center of Oklahoma, what Josh Umber is doing with Atlas MD, is we have these innovative direct patient care models where we're able to provide the care at a fraction of the cost, including performing operations, doing surgery. So why can't we start with the patient and physician, have a paradigm-shifting, money-saving, a wonderful healthcare system and build it around that instead of building around preserving the, the insurance company's um, power and the government's power and pharmaceutical and hospital's ability to extract money from a system instead of putting the money to take care of the patients. What is our goal? Our goal is to take care of the patients, and our, we have misplaced priorities right now. In your view, are, are the everybody talks about uh, dropping the cost of medical care. Does the insurance company add to the price tag of medical care? Absolutely, in in so many ways. We we, we this is not just a redistribution problem at the point of the government. There's a redistribution problem all the way along, magnified over and over and over again in this through, um, through, through many, many ways. So, you know, what they did, uh, what they proposed so far is getting rid of the mandate, but they haven't gotten rid of any of the pressure on the insurance company. So, you know, while we may castigate the insurance companies a little bit, some of it, some of it is forced on them if they would get rid of the mandates and regulatory requirements on the insurance companies, then they could innovate and come up with innovative products that were customized to each individual consumer. And then we could let go with free market forces and, and young people, people could buy, you know, high deductible policies that they wanted. You know, what we need is, is to have insurance, not 
health coverage. And right now, you're buying basically health coverage from a company that they aren't doctors, they're they're insurance companies. And so what you're buying is a product, and then they're deciding what's really happening. And this is one of the reasons why I severed all of my third-party agreements. I see the patients, but I'm not going by what the insurance companies are saying. Basically, there's a corporate practice of medicine going on with them saying, oh, no, your patients can only use these drops, or, oh, let's see if we authorize you to do the surgery. Well, send me your chart, and let's look. Well, these people aren't doctors. (laughs) It, it's and patients are suffering. Uh, I, I, yeah, it it sounds like it. Uh, Dr. Kristen Held is our guest right now, folks. She's a board certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. Uh, look, I, th- th- we've uh, chronicled how insurance companies add to the cost of overall care a- in their redistributive model. Uh, of course, the the HMO system was gifted to us by Democrats. This this sharing of burden. Uh, you I, you made a very good point that we've got to get back to this model of actual insurance. And what actual insurance is, is protection from catastrophic loss, not showing up to the doctor appointment to, to, to get seen if you have a lung infection or something like that. And the analogy we often use here on the show is when you, when you fill up your gas tank, you don't bill your auto insurance. When you change your windshield wipers, you don't bill your auto insurance. And, and that's the dynamic that unfortunately we have surrendered to and we've got to get away from in the medical in the medical realm, yes? You're absolutely spot on, Chris. We need to readjust our core priorities. It is insurance, it is not care. And it isn't insurance when you don't have access to a doctor, and it isn't insurance when they say no, you can't have what you need. So we've got to get back to the to the point where the doctors and patients are making the decisions about what needs to be done and that there's insurance for catastrophic illness. And we've got to get rid of the, you know, people don't want to do it, but you've got to get rid of the situation where people can wait and go out and buy their insurance the night before. Um, You know, that doesn't I've got one last question, Doc, because I'm I'm up against the clock here. Uh, We have have asked uh, uh, Congressman Kevin Brady and others, about this this fix the Republicans want to put forward. And th- they are rightly concerned that Obamacare has destroyed the insurance market, which, which, is, which is what it's designed to do, and that if you just cut it off cold turkey, there'd be a lot of people left in a lurch. Would you support temporary subsidies or uh, 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 accommodations that had a sunset provision so that the insurance market could resurrect itself? Would you support... Uh, subsidies, but only for a uh, maybe a two-year period while the insurance industry recovers? Yes, if I saw phase two and three in writing already passed, because I don't yeah. trust them, I'm sorry. So <laughs> we're not going to leave people in the lurch. And you know what? If they just let go of the regulations, I'll bet you by tomorrow these insurance companies would be out with innovative solutions. They wouldn't need the subsidies. They just want them. Who doesn't yeah, want subsidies? Easy money. Want- Easy yeah, money, doctor. Yeah, Dr. Kristen Held, everybody. She's board certified ophthalmologist and surgeon. If folks want to check out what you are up to these days, is there a website you guys have set up yet? Um, you know what? Our Bridge to Health, we've got one under construction for our business where we're going for direct patient care. But right now, people can go to AmericanDoctorsForTruth.org, see me on Twitter, and look at the AAPS, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons Online website. Great resources. Dr. Kristen Held, happy Happy Easter. Have a great one. Thank you for being here. All right. Thank you very much, lady. We appreciate it. 
All right, uh, tell, telephone number, folks, you want to weigh in is 888-933-93, let's, um, let's get into uh, the next area of discussion here, which is illegal immigration. Before we go to the break, I'll plant some seeds, and if you guys want to um, weigh in, feel free. Uh, there is one, there, well, there's a flurry of activity across the country from state legislatures now that they have a federal government that will not be working against them to actually enforce the rule of law. Let me give you an example from the state in which I'm broadcasting in. The t- and by far, this is the toughest law that I've seen out there in the United States. And, and for those, if you guys are in states that have a law that's just as tough, I want to hear from you. But the Texas State House has decided that they will pass a law, the Senate did this, the conservative Senate did this, that will punish elected officials who openly and wantonly thumb their nose at and try to prevent federal the feds from in, enforcing federal immigration law. Uh, let me read from the uh, one of the local papers there called the uh, Star-Telegram. A tough Texas anti-sanctuary cities bill that threatens to throw county sheriffs and small-town constables in jail if they refuse to help enforce... Uh, federal immigration law looks to uh, be on a fast track toward passage in the state's Republican-controlled legislature. Now, I want to take issue with the Associated Press wording here because this is an AP story that appeared in the Star T. This isn't about uh, local officials being forced to enforce immigration law unless they want to sign up to the program that allows them to do that. This isn't what they're being punished for. This is for deviants like this judge out in Oregon. Remember, she had a drunk driving illegal in front of her court. She knew ICE was waiting outside. There were three entrances into the court. So she knew that two entrances were covered by ICE, and the only one that wasn't covered was her private entrance into the court. What did she do to the illegal alien? She let the illegal alien go into her private entrance so the illegal alien could avoid deportation. Remember, he was in there for drunk driving. So... Liberals like this judge, idiots like this judge who stand up for the illegal immigrant so they can stay in this country and continue to victimize American citizens. When Democrats behave like this, the Texas House and Senate say they ought to be in jail. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. So I would say that, that the Texas law is, is sort of the gold standard. But how many of you, in the sound of my voice, are like, wow, that this should be the case everywhere. That if you're an elected official and you believe that you are above the law and that you don't have to comply with federal law, what's up with that? And that you, you know, I'm sick and tired of politicians both political parties saying well the only recourse the american people have is when you um when you have an election that that that's when you can get rid of politicians who don't who don't follow the law <laughs> it's like wait a minute no you don't follow the law nobody's about the law 
and standing in the way of a federal agent enforcing the law, that that federal judge out in Oregon should have been placed in handcuffs. She obstructed justice and as a judge ought to know better. So you got Texas and there are other states who are cracking down on sanctuary cities in their own way, but I think this is the best way. Putting Democrats in shackles, perp walking them, I think is the best way to do this. Now, will it come to this? I don't think so. I think Democrats will think better of it and decide, well, you know what, I, I'm i all down for liberalism and, and undermining America and all that, but I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> and I want to keep my government-funded job, my taxpayer-funded job, so they will acquiesce in the face of a law like this. But the, the very idea that you can actively thwart federal immigration officials who are asking for cooperation, uh, I'm sorry. And if you go out of your way to accommodate the illegal alien, who, who are you serving? You're not serving the American people. You're not serving the rule of law. You're serving, the, you're serving citizens from other countries. Varney and Company. You guys know uh, Stuart Varney from Fox Business, and you see him on Fox News every once in a while. He was talking with a Border Patrol agent. And this Border Patrol agent happens to be uh, the president of the Border Patrol Council. His name is Brandon Judd, and they had a very interesting conversation. The Speaker, Paul Ryan, is suggesting that Congress delay border wall funding until next year. What do you say about that? Uh, I disagree. Uh, we have to... President Trump promised the American public that he was going to secure the border, and part of securing the border is putting in place the, the proper technology and resources that allows us to be successful, and, and a border wall in, in strategic locations is one of those things that we must get done. Now, we talked to Senator Cornyn two days ago, and we asked him, the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions, said that a, a border wall is a force multiplier. And do, you, and, and do you agree, Senator Cornyn? And he said, absolutely. For those of you who uh, don't know what a force multiplier is, tools and equipment can make one man be many men. Um, for example, one man may, not, may get past another man or may not be stopped by one other man. You put that other man in a tank... <laughs> All of a sudden, he's taking out many men. You understand? So it's a force multiplier. So when you, when you have a barrier system, you are able to do more with less on the border because you have proper tools. And that is a very serious tool and a much needed tool that we need. A barrier system works, folks, and don't let anybody tell you any differently. All you need to do is point them to an NPR report from 2006 that published data, when was it, 2006 or 1996, published data from when there was just a cable stretching from the Pacific Ocean out to the Imperial Valley in San Diego across that southern border. And, of course, as you can imagine, just one small metal cable, illegal immigration was rampant. People would just walk right across. So when they put up a triple-layer fencing system, guess what happened to illegal immigration? It dropped by 95%. So those who say that walls don't work, they're just lying. 
with a proper mission. Now, not by themselves, they don't work. You can't just put up a wall and then just go home. No, you gotta have, you've got to have a proper mission. You've got to have it properly staffed. But when it's used with a proper mission, and the proper mission is this, illegal immigration stops. Illegal immigration is wrong. Illegal immigration is immoral. And illegal immigration is bad for the United States of America, period, end of sentence. It ought not be allowed. So when you put up barrier systems, that helps thwart illegal immigration, which is exactly what the majority of Americans want. I just want to go back to a report that we ran in the last couple of days. Hold on. Before Mr. Varney goes on to that report, Paul Ryan, if you're listening, Mr. Ryan, uh, if if you want to play shenanigans with border fu- with border wall funding, you do so at your own peril. The Republicans, the moderate Republicans, the mainstream Republicans have been viewed as sellouts to the American people on the illegal immigration front. Don't confirm those suspicions, sir, by playing shenanigans and and. Uh, selling out to the Chamber of Commerce who has abandoned, who who I believe has abandoned any credibility as being a pro-American organization with this and with their support of other left-wing causes. Uh, back to Varney and company. Border wall in, in strategic locations is one of those things that we must get done. I just want to go back to a report that we ran in the last couple of days that border crossings, illegal crossings coming into America are now at a 17-year low. Would you confirm that, sir? And will you tell us that that's exactly what you've actually seen on the ground? In, in 20 years in the Border Patrol, I've never seen such a quick drop. And the 17-year low is in, is in fact correct. And again, that's, that's due strictly to President Trump's policies. And what about that? Well, the United States of America is now saying we will enforce our laws, period. End of sentence. Uh, that sends a message not only to Democrats, but also sends a message to those who would want to enter the country illegally on their schedule. No, not going to happen. Not going to do it. Sorry. Uh, turn around. So now think about it. Who have we had in, in, in the Oval Office the last 20 years This guy that this guy's been in? You had President Obama and you had George W. Bush. George W. Bush was a huge pro-illegal immigration guy. It's one of the one of the few uh, problems I had with Mr. Well, I shouldn't say few. Uh, one of the major disagreements I had with President Bush was the fact that you know uh, he 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 was of a mind that, like Jeb Bush, that illegal immigration was an act of love. <laughs> to which, sorry, it's illegal. Don't do it. Get to work and and come up with a legal immigration system that is modern. And I understand the politics. It's easier said than done. But if it's worth doing, do it. You don't just say, well, we're just not going to enforce immigration law. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's not, what you, that's not what you do. We have been betrayed by both political parties, by occupiers of the Oval Office and presidents on this issue for the better part of four decades. And there's there are no two ways to say it. Now, now we've got... Donald Trump, who's sending the very clear signal that, yeah, America is back and America will enforce the rule of law. Illegal entry will not be permitted. If Congress wants to do some work for a living and put together a reformation of legal immigration, let's talk.
Let's talk. If you catch someone coming across the border today, do you catch and release or do you catch and hold? No, we do not. That's, that's the first policy that President Trump uh, changed. And, and now that, uh, again, I've, I've stated many times that the handcuffs are being taken off of the, the law enforcement agents and we're putting the handcuffs back on the criminals. That is the best line. You know what, Ellie, can we make that into a new band? I mean, <laughs> that's my new band. Uh, handcuffs off... Law enforcement handcuffs on criminals. That nah, doesn't have a doesn't flow, but it's a great saying. It's a great bumper sticker. Let's make a bumper sticker out of it. And that's exactly the, what has been turned on its head during the last eight years is that public enemy number one was law enforcement, according to the liberal Democrats who ran things in Washington, D.C. and in some liberal states. And the Border Patrol, as we have observed on many occasions here on the Salcedo Show, they were turned to Walmart greeters instead of actual law enforcement. Now, now they, are, they have been returned to their proper role, as have the criminals. And you know what? During the Obama administration, he was taking handcuffs off the criminals and releasing them back on the streets to victimize you and me. And he was putting handcuffs on the Border Patrol. And as a matter of fact, Obama was, remember he, there, there's a soundbite of him out there threatening the Border Patrol. If they dared enforce federal immigration law, that he would crack down on them. The moron. All right, folks, I, I, I got to deal with Trump before our time runs out here on the Chris Salcedo Show. And it centers around the use of the Moab, the mother of all bombs, the whatever they... But I like mother of all bombs because I can't remember the other, <laughs> the actual acronym, what it means. Uh, back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. I think we're trying to send a message, particularly to the North, the Koreans, perhaps also the Iranians. They're developing nukes. The nukes are buried. They're intended to be in places that are highly reinforced. And this is a way of saying we can get there. Uh, and if you do it in an isolated place in Afghanistan against the public enemy number one in the world, ISIS, it's a way to demonstrate the efficacy of the bomb. As Charles Krauthammer giving his explanation is, why now? Why drop the Moab, the, the mother of all bombs, on ISIS now? This was developed in for Iraq, never used in that theater. Of course, Barack Obama couldn't be made to act on much of anything. So why do it now? And, I, and Charles Krauthammer, I think his explanation is as good as any. I don't know if I believe it or if... If uh, it's it, it, uh, let's just say it this way, I, I agree that the use of such a powerful piece of technology and ordinance does is is meant to send multiple messages that America uh, that America is taking a strong stance no matter where the hell we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now there was a lot of there was a lot of questioning of Donald Trump yesterday on his use of the Moab and you know what the processes were. Uh, for its use and the implementation. And I was struck by one of the questions by the basket of biased press. Did you approve it? Did you? Now, 
you understand why they asked that because if if it could be found or demonstrated even through ISIS propaganda that civilians were at all impacted, the press could say, oh, he kills civilians. Donald Trump is a warmonger. This is the angle they would go for. You know, they, they applauded Obama for not attacking our enemy for fear it might hit somebody who's, who's an innocent. Well, it is, you know, it is battle. It does happen that way sometimes. But in their efforts to pin him in, we learned something about Donald Trump's governing style and how he views and how much respect he has for those in the military. So, Mr. Trump, did you order the dropping of the Moab? We have given them total authorization, and that's what they're doing. And frankly, that's why they've been so successful lately. If you look at what's happened over the last eight weeks and compare that's what really to what's happened over the last eight years, you'll see there's a tremendous difference. <laughs> He's unleashed the United States military. He has said, I'm going to leave the fighting up to those who know how to fight. I'm going to, here's my mission, win. Well, sir, how do you want us to get there? I'm not here to micromanage you. I'm not here to have you call up some left-wing puke in my in my White House to get permission to act so you can check to see if it fits a political agenda or a political narrative. Now, the reason I bring it up like this, folks, is this is exactly the situation that existed in the Obama era. That and we have not one, not two, but three former secretaries of defense being what it was like to work in Obama's White House. And right off the bat, you're going to hear from a Democrat, Leon Panetta, who who couldn't stand these little weaselly politicos doing what they were doing. It was the operational micromanagement. Sorry, that's Gates. Gates is first off. This is um, Mr. Gates, who also instructed us that it was indeed these left-wing liberal pukes who were calling up generals on the front line to see, hey, what are you doing? Uh, you going to drop bomb there? Oh, that might not look good in the press. Might not want to do that, general. Uh, the pre- president's giving me authority. You ought not do that. It was the operational micromanagement that drove me nuts. Too often, uh, people are kind of worried or second-guessing where the president wants to go, and they try to then shave their views to basically please the president. I don't think there's one veteran uh, uh, on his senior staff at the White House. I don't believe there's one business person. I don't believe there's one person who's ever run anything. I think he's got to fundamentally understand, and I don't, I'm not sure he ever did, nor the people around him, the, the tremendous responsibility the United States has. And I think that Donald Trump may have a firmer grasp of that than President Obama ever did. I, I, and by judging by our successes so far and the military being allowed to do what the military does, I think I'm all for it. So far, so good. Of course, we're only two months in, folks. Only two months in. Seems like an eternity because of the press, doesn't it? Hey, I want you guys to have a safe, happy uh, Easter weekend. Remember what Good Friday, remember what Holy Saturday and, and, and Easter Sunday is all about. And remember, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great one, folks. Back here Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time for the Salcedo Show. 3393 The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.